be clever guys hit the follow subscribe button share this with someone who would benefit from it and help us grow as the more we grow the better the episodes we'll get thanks guys for helping us and let's get into the episode i'm so glad that i failed every single time i wouldn't have done it any other way it doesn't matter it doesn't have to dictate what happens in the next 20 minutes it doesn't have to dictate what's happened in the next 45 minutes it doesn't have to dictate my whole game and i make a mistake in a warm-up or i don't have the best warm-up i just think to myself well you know what it doesn't matter it's just a warm-up it's fine okay i'm in control therefore if i was to go in a catastrophic mindset to go into a warm-up and i'm thinking oh i've had a bad warm-up now i'm gonna have a bad game that's not how that's not how it works you're in control He's here. He is here. Cristiano has entered the building. Welcome, wherever you are, to the Old Trafford Theatre. Welcome back to the Scomper Podcast. In today's episode, it is episode five of the Relentless series where we go through the book Relentless. And we go through every single chapter, going through my thoughts, going through how it progressed as an individual at a time. And basically just trying to, I guess, adapt and articulate different ways of uh, interpreting the book so that, you know, we can become a cleaner like like Relentless is all about. So, as you can probably see, we've got a pretty nice setup today, uh, same as last episode. But I won't be in the setup for much longer as I head back to Germany in a few days as of this recording. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of crazy that I'm already heading back to Germany, but that's football and, yeah. That's that's what I gotta do. And being a cleaner, you gotta you gotta suck it up sometimes and you know, chase chase what you, you wanna do, chase your goals and it comes at a cost, but I mean for me there's there's no other way of doing it. So with that being said, we're gonna get straight into the fourth kind of chapter where it's when you're a cleaner, you get into the zone, shut out everything else and control the uncontrollable. So we're starting on page 51 and we'll go into the first kind of uh, three things which Tim Grover likes to include in each chapter where it says what a cooler does, what a closer does, and what a cleaner does. So when you're a cleaner, you get into the zone, shut out everything else and control the uncontrollable. So a cooler gets everyone cranked up and emotional before the game. A closer gets himself cranked up and emotional before the game. A cleaner never gets cranked up or emotional. He stays cool and calm and saves it all for the game. Now, that's something that I think that I did quite well, as I've mentioned in the previous episode, keeping my arousal level quite stagnant. I, I do think that emotions, and we'll go through this in the book and in later chapters, but I think that emotions do make you weaker in, in a high-performance environment. And that's where they're unhelpful. And when a cooler is getting everyone cranked up and emotional before the game, it kind of is, I guess, a way of not repelling, but um, deterring the individual's emotions or whatever he's experienced during that minute to everyone else, which is a very cooler tendency. A closer gets himself cranked up and emotional before the game. So we can see a progression of that is not just doing it to everyone, it's doing it to the individual, and then a Cleveland never gets cranked up or emotional. He stays cool and calm and says it all for the game. So staying cool and calm, I believe is the most important thing. If you watch Kobe in pregame, if you watch 
Michael Jordan in his pregame, if you watch LeBron in his pregame, you see them walking, they're very relaxed, calm and cool. If you see Kobe, you know the videos of Kobe getting jump scared and he doesn't flinch. You know the videos of Kobe getting the ball fainted at him, thrown at his face, doesn't flinch. You see LeBron with his uh, chalk throws. Cool, calm, not emotional, just in the moment. You know, everyone loves to see that. It's a, it's a performance in itself, but everyone, everyone's there and he loves to see it. There's a lot of pressure on him at that moment, but he's staying cool, calm, and collected. There's no emotion in that. I'm sure MJ is the same. I mean, there's not as much footage of MJ as there is of Kobe and uh, LeBron, but I, I doubt it's any different. All right, so I've got my first few notes as that loneliness is something you should embrace, love, and thrive off. I believe that, honestly, for me, that is something that I do pretty well. Like, I'm living overseas by myself in a country that's foreign to me. The, the difference of, you know, being in my comfort zone in Australia to being in a completely new environment, different language, different people. I've got no one there that I know. That's something that I actually really thrive off. And I think that makes me a better person, a better footballer, everything. I, I believe that that is very transferable into whatever I do. Therefore, the quiet, the dark, the loneliness... That's what I that's what I like. And and we can see that in this first page that cleaners are alone in their head. And there's no there's no distractions. It's just you. It's tunnel vision. And that goes into every single moment of being a cleaner, I believe. So if we go into the next page, got a lot of notes on here. You don't hear and you don't want to. They don't get it and you don't care. Others around you are emotional. You feel only readiness, no emotion. In the zone, the only sensation is anger. A quiet, icy anger is simmering under your skin. Never rage, never out of control. Silent, like a storm that moves in a slow and dark. It's violent. Its violence is unseen until it hits and can't be measured until it moves on. Now, that's, that's, that's big. That's big. I think that what it's, what it's kind of saying is in the moment, cleaners, very subtle soft, quiet, many unnoticeable times. But when we hit, when we do the job, we're doing it to the highest level. You know, it's what what the analogy kind of is, it's of the storm. You see the storm coming, you know, it's making its way over. And when it hits, it's so big, you know, you're in that moment of it. You can't do anything about it. You just have to embrace that. That, that dis disruption. Only until it's gone can you actually even measure what's happened. And that's that's the analogy that we're referring to of a cleaner. It's like, okay, well, they've come and they've gone. What what happens now? I mean, that's, that's the elegance of what a cleaner can do. Now, being able to do that is not easy to do. Let me tell you that. I mean, the analogy of this right here, if I'm, if I'm going to try and act on this for the first time reading it, I honestly don't know how you could do that. I mean, it's again, it's an analogy for you to interpret. And, and because this is what we're doing in this series is, is trying to help you interpret it. I guess a way for you to start acting on it could be to start regulating and being aware of your emotions during the day. You know, you don't want to be thinking of your emotions during an important time because 
you should be refined in that moment. That's going to distract you. So start subconsciously training yourself to, to disassociate with the emotions that hinder you. Of course, I'm not saying don't be emotionless, but use your heart less. So, or, or be using your emotions less. Don't be emotionless. Just start to use less emotion. So that's a very good way to start. Now, the next part of being silent. As we've said time and time again throughout this series, you let the results speak for you. That goes into this. You don't show up all cocky. You don't make yourself you know, known by your loudness. You, you, you do it silently. So you play silently. You know, not actually silent as in, you know, if you're on the football pitch, you're not screaming for the ball. I mean, you let your results do the talking on the pitch. Then, when you have that moment that you need to act. Now, in football specifically, it's going to be a little bit different to basketball because basketball, it's more of a, uh, it's a shorter game where it's you can make big, big impacts in short bursts. Where football, you can make short impacts in short bursts, but it might not always lead to a goal. Therefore, it's not instantly rewarded like basketball most of the time. But, be silent like a storm. And then when you attack, you know, the violence is unseen until it hits. So when it hits, it's it's big, right? And, and it's going to be difficult to keep that up. But that's how a cleaner does it. So that's when a cleaner's in his zone. And we can go through my notes here. Okay, <laughs> I've said it a lot of times. My notes aren't the best here. I didn't think that when I was first, you know, writing out these notes that I'd be reading it years later but says it's there you want to show it but when it's time to come when it's t when the time comes you sniff that dirt you've switched in and you're ready for war okay well I probably okay this I can tell you this is one of my first notes and first times for reading it through and I can tell because it's notes with a pencil but what that's referring to, and now, again, I don't completely agree with what I've said there, but what that actually is, is it's a reference to Patrick Beth David's interview with Kobe Bryant, when Kobe, he talks about when he sniffs the dirt. Sometimes uh, 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 we are so worried about what other people think about us, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, what if they think I'm crazy? What if they think I'm over obsessive or competitive? And what if this is like, you're too much, this is just not healthy for you to be thinking this way, right? Yeah. How did you get your mindset into this alter ego to be comfortable being Black Mamba? Like, how, how did that happen? It's a good separation for me, you know, emotionally, to be able to put myself in a place where at practice or when I'm training or during games, I switch my mind to something else. I switch my mode into something else, right? For me, it's the equivalent of Maximus, Desmus, Meridius, and Gladiator picking up the dirt, smelling the dirt, it's go time, right? So that was my mental switch. It was like an actor getting ready for a film. You gotta put yourself in that cage. When you're in that cage, you are that character. And then when you leave there, it's something completely different. But when I'm in that cage, bro, don't fucking touch me, don't talk to me. And he goes like this <laughs> and, he, and he says, it's game time or whatever it is. And, and he's in the zone now. It's something that Kobe, in, in his interview when he was in Tokyo, I think it was with Patrick Beth David with Nike, he mentioned this. And 
what that is, is it's getting into the zone. But what I said, switched on and ready for war. I don't, I don't agree with that because I actually don't agree with the whole, oh yeah, we're going, we're going into war because your emotions are very heightened. If you believe you're going into war, it doesn't matter that much. Like it matters, sure. But if you believe that it matters that much, it's do or die, then you're not going to be performing at your best. So it's not actually war. You're not getting ready for war. You're getting ready to embrace the embrace the moment, sure. You want to do your best. You're there to entertain. But you're not getting ready for war. It's a bit extreme saying you're getting ready for war. And, and I've said previously that I've had that mindset where I'm getting for war, getting ready for war, sorry. And my emotions are heightened. My arousal level is at its highest. And for me, individually, for me, that doesn't help me. It might work for you. But... When you have a heightened level of arousal, it also means that you have a heightened level of emotion. Now, if you have more emotion, then the less you're in control. You have to be in control of your emotion. It's ultimately your mental focus and concentration, your ability to control your environment and the heartbeats of others that determines whether you succeed or fail. Again, so it's just controlling that emotion, regulating that emotion, control but you can find out almost nothing about the integrate function of your brain. No fear, no worry, no emotion. We all have triggers that puts us into the zone. That is also referring to the dark side a little bit that Tim Grimm talks about, which will be in another chapter. I have also said for you that I need to find out what my trigger is, what my switch is. In my warm-up, I don't want to feel stressed. So it can't be that. So I can tell you what my trigger is now. And it is as simple as smiling. Seriously, it is as simple as smiling. Because when I don't smile, I start... Uh, okay, my English is horrible here. Catastrophic. The word for that, but saying that I'm catastrophizing. It's horrible. <laughs> um... I know that the German word is like the exact same, so that's why I'm getting it mixed up. But when you start saying that things are too important, the downfall of that is going to be quite substantial. So you don't you don't put it at such a high pedestal. So what I do is I just smile and I have fun, you know. And and sure, I have fun by just smiling. It's it sounds a lot easier than that. Um, sorry, that sounds very easy to do. It's not as easy as that, but. When I start smiling and I make a mistake at a warm-up or I don't have the best warm-up, I just think to myself, well, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to dictate what happens in the next 20 minutes. It doesn't have to dictate what's happened in the next 45 minutes. It doesn't have to dictate my whole game. It's just a warm-up. It's fine. Okay? I'm in control. Therefore, if I was to go in a catastrophic, oh, that's the word, catastrophic, catastrophic mindset, to going into a warlock and I'm thinking, oh, I've had a bad warlock, now I'm going to have a bad game. That's not, how, that's not how it works. You're in control. So therefore, if you're able to control your emotion, if you're able to, you know, get yourself in the in the zone with these triggers, my trigger is the smile. It's that, it's, it's that easy. For me, that's what helps me get into the zone. And that came through a lot of trial and error. It's actually ridiculous how long that took me. That took me four years to get to it. And I still don't even know if that's the best way of doing it for myself. You know, it might change. It might change. I don't know. But for me, that's what works best for me because I've figured out the the peak arousal level for the job that I do. Uh, it's an inverted U graph. So 
the performance is aligned with the the amount of pressure, with the amount of uh, with the job that you have, the the arousal level on that inverted U scale will dictate where you need to kind of be. So if you need more focus and there's a very uh, demanding sport, then your arousal level should be a little bit low. Now, as you need a lot of energy in terms of like a sport like boxing where it's do or die, like it actually is do or die because it's raw animal, you know, instinctive, you know, you are going to get injured or you're going to possibly die in a cage, then you do you have to have a heightened level of arousal because you need that awareness. There's a lot on the line physically. So your level of arousal will have to be on the higher end. But when it's less chaotic or less catastrophic, as the word, then your arousal level can, can dif different, dif differentiate a little bit. So on that inverted U graph, you can figure out where your job is. And I've identified my job as a lower arousal job. Therefore, I don't want to get too emotional because I know that when I get emotional, then I start, you know, putting too much on the line, start chasing the game. I can't do that as a goalkeeper. Therefore, I found my peak arousal level in four years. That's ridiculous, four years. But you know what? The amount of times that I failed to get to this, you know, right way of doing it, I'm so glad that I failed every single time. I wouldn't have done it any other way because I could have been, you know, thinking that I'm doing it the right way every single time, convinced that this is the right way and not changed it. Oh my, I'd still be in the same place. But you know what? I, I believe that I found the best way of doing it for me. And I think that the past year of performance for me has been the best of my ability. Not the best in the world in terms of talent level or whatever it is. You know, that's where I want to be. That's where I believe I can be. But right now, I believe that the best of my ability, I have reached that through the work that I've done. Okay, next page. You can find out almost nothing about the intrinsic... Oh, no, I can't have already said this, sorry. I stumbled across the same word. Okay, I don't want to be the one who pushes those buttons. I want you to push those buttons for yourself. Okay, so I... Yeah, I've actually written for myself. So in the moment, I'm not great in the moment across a lot of areas. I'm actually identified this. So in hindsight, when I think of a moment, I'm, I'm, I'm on it. You know, I can, I can get on it instantly. But in the moment, I'm not too great. So I've said that accountability for oneself. I lack this in the moment. You know, I have to be either prior prepar uh, preparing for it and I'm on it completely. But in the moment, I don't do it too well. Afterwards, I'll know exactly what I did wrong. And this goes for a lot of things, actually. So when I'm maybe in an argument, when I'm, uh, you know, trying to make a good decision, in the moment, I'm not too great at it. Now, I don't know what that is, and I'm still trying to work that out why I'm not too great at it. Maybe in the moment when I have maybe heightened level of arousal and I have more emotion into it, I don't think that I'm the best at decision-making, the accountability. I don't know necessarily what my buttons are specifically other than direct competition. I know that when I'm directly competing with someone, then... I'm going to start pushing my own buttons. I know that's my biggest button to push. If I start directly competing with someone, then I'm pushing my buttons. But other than that, if I'm by myself, I don't have that button to push yet because I'm not too sure what that is. But I do know what those buttons are in other areas. So I'm still trying to work this out. And in the moment, I do struggle. 
I do struggle in the moment a little bit. After an unbelievable performance, I'll ask what you did last night because you need to do that again before the next game. Yeah, that's that's good. Uh, that's not a superstitious thing either. That is purely you found the thing that works for you. Keep trying it. Keep trying that. Now you're in the zone. Ability questioned. Okay, it makes much more sense all this now. Okay, so I think that what I've referred to is this page relates with me much more as I have more awareness around it. You can see that. So these are my most recent notes actually about that. Before I didn't have many notes. It was just highlighting things. So therefore my uh, awareness on this topic was very, very basic. Now I'm getting more aware of it, but I'm still not at the best level of it, which is evident because I'm still said that I'm not too great at it at the moment. In five years time, you know what? I think that I would be much, much better at it because I'll, I'm as I'm more aware of this, I will start acting in certain things. I'll start failing more. I'll start, start to find that answer. Okay, Kobe was having a surprisingly weak half of the season. First half, sorry. It happens. A player has something else on his mind and just feels off. Most guys who start a game that way finish even worse. But the greats can recognize they need to turn it around. Kobe did. That's not easy to do. I, um, in some areas of my life, I will say that I am too black and white to where I will let it a bad moment carry me for the rest of that time even though i probably can take even more accountability for it and that's something i'm working on and even me saying it now forces me to be more accountable for those decisions because i can't i can't be saying to you guys right now listening to do stuff that i don't do myself so i'm saying to you guys that i'm not great at that there are areas of my life which i'm not great at that in but i think in the moment i'm also I, i'm that's something in the moment i am good at where I'm able to realize that I can still have an impact in the time that I've played. Uh, it's not easy to do. Maybe I didn't have this a few years ago, but I think that in more recent times that I have started to become aware of that as well. Still, not to the level of which Kobe Bryant may be at, or was at, but that is something that I continue to work on. Okay, we'll go on to the next page. So, I've already written here that the button for Michael Jordan was other opinions. And we know that because we know the stories about Michael Jordan making up, uh, you know, other players saying that he's not good enough or there's a bit of competition between them. We know that Michael Jordan made up stories to keep him accountable and pushing a little bit harder. And you know, I love every single bit of that because that is that level of delusion that helps you perform that little bit more. And now people probably won't agree with my theory of delusion. Hey, you have to be a little bit delusional. You have to be aware of that delusion. But you know what? Michael Jordan's fully aware that he made that up. And he's fully aware that that's, that's delusion. But you know what? That helped him play better. So you know what? Do it again. Do it every single time. I'm sure that Michael Jordan knew that one of his buttons was that. And that's why he used it to be better. Michael never cracked. He never showed emotion. On occasion... It would show a positive expression. But that's it. That's really it. So if I look at moments when I show positive expressions, I'd say when my team scores a goal, when I do something well, you know, I might, I might show positive expressions. I used to go a little bit too 
overboard, I'd say, honestly. I used to go a little bit too overboard because I thought that was the best way of doing it, like they do in Germany. And then I realized, you know what, it's not. It's not the best way of doing it. Because, you know, that's when my... Even, even with positive emotions, you want to keep your arousal level just very stagnant. Therefore, good, bad, or indifferent, it stays here. Stays here. Always positive and upbeat, raising up the team and the fans and everyone else. He had everything under control. If he ever felt anything negative, he showed. He never showed it. That's a cleaner. And I think that I do that very well. I don't bash people down. I don't say that they can, you know, they're doing horribly. I will try and construct an individual to do what I believe is the best thing in that moment. And you know what? I might be wrong. I might be right. I don't know. But the person who I'm trying to instruct typically is unsure themselves. Therefore, a little bit of guidance may help them. And typically the people who do struggle not knowing what to do, they will need someone else to almost blame because they don't know themselves. And you know what? If they blame me, I'm happy to take that blame. I'm in control of that moment. Even for them, I'll take the blame happily. If I say, you know what? We need to we need to make this pass to get out of the press, and that's the wrong pass. And he and he believes me that I I am right, and then he acts on that. That tells me a lot about the player, firstly, that he doesn't back himself and that he wants to shift the responsibility and the uh, fault on me. And if he does, that's completely fine with me. I'll take that. But I will try and control that. Not that individual himself, but I'll try and control every situation. That's what a cleaner does well. And I believe that I do that quite well. Cleaners show emotion if it's the only way to get everyone else where they need to be. But never because the cleaner has lost control of his feelings. That's very, very, very important. Because if we look at some of Kobe's best moments to rifle up his teammates, sometimes he has to use emotion. He's not using emotion because he's lost control. He's using emotion because he knows that he needs to get everyone else on the same level as him. Sometimes you do have to use emotion, but it's almost a false emotion because it's not emotions that he's possessing himself. It's emotions that he knows will help others get to the level. So there is a difference there. But it's it's strategic. It's not because he he's angry. It's not because he's you know ex overly excited. It's because he knows that's where everyone needs to be. It's meticulously planned. It's it's very ingrained in in in, in an individual instinctively just to know to get everyone to do something. We need to do this, and that's what cleaners do brilliantly. Also, a, a, something that I also think that is good about that is that people would hesitate to do that because they're worried and I'll, i'm guilty of this i'm worried that i might be judged i'm worried that people if i do this they might think of me in the wrong way but you know what and and i've worked on this myself and, and being in a different country it's even a little bit harder because you know i have to speak in a different language and then I'm, I'm already embarrassing myself because i'm speaking in a different language but you know what i've had to come to terms with this and again i'm still not perfect at it but i would rather take full accountability saying that I did everything that I could to get the result and if I'm still wrong at least I can take full accountability for that but if I'm 50-50 about it if I could have done something more then well I'm I'm fully out of fault for that you know I didn't give 100% I could have done more therefore that's my problem but if it's if, if I've done everything I could and it's still my problem well I can take accountability and actually get better for it where if I haven't taken that accountability and I'm and I'm leaving questions of what I could have done better, 
I'll never know what was actually working in the first place or what wasn't working because I never actually experimented. So when you have other people who are influencing your, your decisions, who are external noise, you kind of have to be a little bit more selfish. Realize that they don't really care about you. They don't actually care about you that much to where they're going to go out of their day to make fun of you. And if they do, that's a pretty bad person. So you should focus on yourself more. Be selfish, you know? Make yourself look like a bit of an idiot. Doesn't matter. You will look like the idiot at the end of the day if that's making you win and them lose. Over a year, who's going to look like the idiot? If they keep losing and you keep winning. Five years. They're probably not even in it anymore. And you keep winning? Wow, brilliant. Take it. Move. Simple as that. We've got some notes here. A lot of notes. No emotion, just focus. So I can get angry at players, but I'm not actually pissed off. That's a good note. Um, that's an old note, which is actually quite surprising. Weird, as in Kobe's book, he said he joked around with Shaq before the game. That's a good point. That is actually a very good point. But that's not being emotional in the moment. So this is something that actually helped me experiment with what worked and what didn't work fully. So when I was experimenting ways of how I can get to that right level of arousal, I was trying to be completely focused before a game. Didn't work for me. I was trying to be completely loose, not worry about the game. Didn't really work for me. And I read that in Kobe's book, and it's not much of a book to be honest, it's more of a picture book. But I was reading that and I saw that he was joking with Shaq before the game all the time. So was MJ. Michael Jordan was always having a bit of a laugh. And I thought that's not the right way of doing it. But what then I realized when I started, oh, okay, I'm not, I'm not like a larrikin. I'm not making jokes, you know, before the game. But I'm a bit more relaxed. I can have a, a nice time. I can enjoy a little bit. I found that worked for me. And now you know that, you know, me playing with a smile actually helps me. So that was, that right there, that process that I can see of one of my first notes in pencil. As I've said, pencil is old me. <laughs> that is actually me going through that process. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I saw that. I'm glad I wrote that down. Michael wanted no physical contact before a game. Hands never too high, always low. He never made eye contact. Interesting. Settle everyone down. Don't worry, I got you. Alone, unemotional. Here's the guy telling everyone else to keep it cool. Michael always looked as if he was having the time of his life out there. When things go bad, they look as if they're dying out there. Switch. Authentic Michael. To the MJ, everyone else perceived him to be. Okay, so this, that's how I probably skipped over quite a lot there. But the main thing at the end is like, for reading this, and this page specifically, 57. This kind of goes into the two lives of Michael Jordan that he kind of has. And what that's saying is the MJ on the pitch caught. Apologies. He is a different guy to when he's in the locker room and he's finishing up and he's getting back in his car. What this page is talking about, and I haven't read this page in the last second, but from my memory, you know, I've read this a few times. When MJ gets out of the court and he goes into the locker room, Nothing, nothing really changes. He's still that same cool, calm, collected individual. 
you know, he speaks to the fans. He he gives the fans the signatures, the photos. He gives them what they want. When he gets in his car and he gets home, completely different person. He's not... He's not, like... I can't say acting. I can't say acting, but he's not even that performance mode. That performance mode, he is an entertainer. Sportsman. Sports persons. Individuals who are in that business. We are entertainers at the end of the day. MJ was an actor. Now, he's not acting to be someone he was like. He was acting to be the performer he is, but only in that moment, which is quite interesting, I think, actually. And it's it's a good way of saying, because I've never thought of that prior to reading that page. I think, at least. <laughs> I'm assuming that five years ago, Nick didn't think of it like that way, but I definitely don't think I did. No one can go but you. Once you're out, it's hard to get back in. Let him go on. Instinct. A great player losing that ability to turn the key and tap those killer instincts. Okay. That's something I also struggle with, with even being in the moment with, you know, everyone, I can't, I can't say everyone, but I'd say a large majority of people talk about flow. Uh, as a goalkeeper, it's not easy to stay in that flow state. And that's something that I've had to come to terms with in the, I guess the aspect of when I'm in the moment, for the 90 minutes, I can't expect me to be fully focused and 100% there for the whole 90 minutes and half time, the whole 105 minutes. So in that time that I go through throughout a game, it's probably 135 minutes in total. I can't accept, sorry, I have to accept that through that time, I can't be 100% you know, in the moment. And for me, it's being okay with that and realizing that that doesn't have to dictate anything. All I need to do is just get back into it when it's most important. I can regulate my thoughts. I can be focused. But you know what? I can accept that my mind's going to go this way a little bit. But I'm okay with catching that thought, bringing it back into the moment. I've got techniques and strategies, whether it's observing my situation around me, naming the things that I see, a form of meditation, keeping present that's what i can do and i'm a, i'm a, i'm completely okay with that but what in the book is saying is when you're questioning am i still in the moment you're not in the moment and i question that a lot during the game i think to myself am i in the moment right now and 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 even me knowing that i'm thinking well obviously i'm not but you know what let's bring my attention back to the now let's refocus and you know what maybe in a few years time when i've i've started to program my brain a little bit better you know my meditation is getting better and better i'm able to do meditation for hundreds of hours uh, hundreds of minutes you know that's not easy to do but maybe i can get to that point maybe I'll, i won't be catching myself out of the moment maybe i can be completely in that moment but right now i'm okay with being out of the moment at some time because as a goalkeeper i can't i don't believe i can be fully in the moment in every second just because a goalkeeper it's a lonely job you know you're going to be by yourself for a little bit and that's okay that's okay that's fine but I'm okay with that. All I need to do is when I catch myself, just bring it back to the moment right now. That's what's important. In a basketball game, it's going to be very different, much more intense for the players because it's, you know, a shorter game, shorter pitch, also very different positions. A midfielder might be able to keep that focus for the 90 minutes. As a goalkeeper, I might not get the ball for 10 minutes. And then what am I going to do? I'm just, I'm, I'm looking, I'm instructing, but my mind might, you know, float a little bit and I, I find that in corners and set pieces you know my mind floats a lot because maybe I don't have to 
organize the ref's defense because it's already organized or maybe even after that there's a player down what do i do how do i keep focus you know what i catch my focus drifting a little bit i just bring it back just bring it back next page 59 i think we're actually almost through the chapter i think it's page 61 maybe oh no 67 i think okay we're gonna have to speed it up a little bit so good coaching just referring to tim grover i think that Tim Grover, yeah. We all know that Tim Grover takes a very individualized matter. He really focuses on the individual. And he's, he is the best coach that I've seen, 100%. You're thinking, don't think. Simple. You're thinking about, am I in the zone? Well, if you're thinking that you're, in the, you, that you're not in the zone, you're not in the zone. What Tim Grover talks about is don't think. Now, that's not easy to do. You know, the more you think, the less... The less you're in the zone, if that makes sense. If you can not think. Now I'll give you a challenge right now. Don't think. See that? I just didn't think about anything just that. That was that was difficult to do. It's actually a meditation technique, as I mentioned. If you're able to look at something for what it is, not put a name to it. I'm looking at the GoPro. I see the GoPro logo. I'm looking at this camera here. I see the logo. I see the camera. I look at this camera over here. I see the logo. I see the camera. I see this microphone. I see the logo. I see the I see the microphone. Now, can I put those objects? Can I put a name on them as I have? Now, can I take that name away? Well, I just look at the camera for being the camera. It's not easy. It's not easy. It's a meditation technique in itself. And it's something that... As I said, it's not easy to do, but if you can do it, you'll be able to do it in the game. You'll be able to do it when it, when it, when it matters. So just naming things and then taking that name away from them, observing things for what they are, and then observing things full stop. Just observe. Don't think. You don't tell anyone what's about to happen. It just happens. Thinking is a distraction. There has to be something internal. That means something to you. I want you thinking about nothing. It's just a couple of free throws. Not at the end of the world either way. That's the one I said about, you know, it's not war. It's just a couple of free uh, free throws at the end of the day. It's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Go somewhere in your head. Go somewhere positive to your kids or something that's all about pure relaxation and happiness. So when it's all, you know, a penalty shootout, it's all the pressure's on you. A free throw. All the pressure's on you. Go somewhere happy in your head. Now, I can't say that I have to do this moment specifically myself. As a goalkeeper, I can say that I have many moments where there's an extreme amount of pressure that's, you know, as a goalkeeper, there's always going to be a certain amount of pressure, but I don't think there's any massive fluctuations as a goalkeeper when it comes to pressure. So, I don't need to go in those happy places like uh, Tim Grover talks about necessarily. But, whether it's a penalty shootout for a player who's there, it's just him. He's got to take that winning penalty. Go somewhere happy. Go your mind off off the catastrophic, you know, that mindset of everything's so important. Go somewhere happy if that's, if that's what helps. Now, as I said, I can't perfectly relate that to something because I don't have individual experience myself, but that's, that's what he's talking about there. Reconnect with your instincts. Take you to another place. I'm going to be cool and relaxed. 
who you used to be before everyone started pressure, uh, pressuring you to be different. The heart rate drops from the resting heart rate to the rate when you're in the zone. Maybe two or three beats a minute slow. Now, something that I did was actually even use songs to influence my heart rate. So getting the BPM of a song, lower BPM songs are lower arousal songs. So when I need to do a very specific task where it's a lot of pressure is on the moment or whatever, I do lower arousal songs. So under 100 beats per minute. And I have these playlists where it's 100 beats per minute and then the 100 beats per minute to 150 beats per minute and then the 150 beats per minute plus songs. So I have hours of songs in these areas of beats per minute and according to whatever task I need to achieve or how I'm feeling, I adjust the music that I listen to to dictate that. And that is a very scientific way of doing it and I think a very, very important way of doing it that no one, I've never actually even heard of anyone else doing it another way. Sorry, that way. I have had friends who I've told to do it that way. I think they've done it before, but no one sticks to it. But you know what? I, I, I stick to it. And again, I won't tell you to do anything that I don't do myself. But if you want to really obsess over those details, do that. Do that. Because that's what's worked. That, that works. That actually does work. Scientifically, that works. I'll know the right song when you smile. When we get it right, there's always a smile. There's, yeah, a lot of notes on here. Uh, we can go maybe here. Control your heart rate. Breathe properly. Control your thoughts. Be aware. Control your emotion. If there's stress. Well said, Nick, who was probably quite young at the time. That's, that's not bad. When you're thinking, you have too many options. Okay, that's actually quite good. Yeah. So when you are thinking, you do have too many options there. So if I'm thinking, 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 I'm thinking about all the options. When you're not thinking and you're just, you're just acting on that raw instinct, surely you might stop. But you know what? You did it with 100% conviction at least. That's where I always go back to the 100% conviction part. 100% conviction is so important. I need to learn complete focus on a task and hand in order to complete X. Okay. Can't really understand what that's saying, but I think when he stepped onto that basketball court, he was able to shut out everything. So what I think my note there is saying is that I need to start doing that a bit better. I've noticed that when I've been in a big game and there's a crowd, you know, I might look at them. I think I had one of I had a big game in the DFB Pokal when I was in Germany, and uh, it was a pretty big crowd for one of these games. I think there was 600 people there. For me, that's a big crowd, sure. It's not that big. But that was probably one of the biggest games I've played in, even though the quality level was quite low. But it was a big game for me. In fact, yeah, probably the biggest because I've never been in a crowd that big before. But I found it distracting. And not in a bad way. I would I wouldn't say I was like, Oh, the crowd's so scary, you know, like it's they're all against me. I, I, I wouldn't say I thrived off it. I wouldn't say that it made me worse, but I, I knew that my distract that I was being distracted a little bit by it. Few can leave it all behind. Very true. It's not easy to do. No, not easy to do. Michael's career shooting percentage was 50%. I think that we've all seen that quote that like MJ saying, I took whatever, how many shots in my career and I only made like 50% of them. We all, we all don't realize that. We don't realize that. It is crazy. 
no difference between what he did in practice and what he did in the game. When you're in the zone, you shouldn't even notice the lights. They're thinking about being in a different atmosphere instead of instinctively knowing how to adapt to their surroundings. They're letting even the event dictate the outcome. They start feeling emotional. Emotions make you weak. Again, emotions make you weak. The fastest way to tumble out of the zone is to allow emotions to drive your actions. Yeah, when your emotions drive your actions. Let's think about that. If I'm feeling angry and I'm feeling like I've, I've stuffed up or I've, everyone else is lacking and I'm the one you know, doing the most, if I'm angry, then I'm playing that victim mentality. And we all know that the victim mentality isn't one to be, you know, thriving it. You know, it's not, it's not where you want to be. A victim mentality isn't good because then you start using other people as an excuse. You don't take accountability in a victim mentality. So you need to take full accountability. So therefore, if you're thinking about emotions and you're being emotional and you start letting your emotions, you know, take control of you, then you're not in control. You're not in control if your emotions are being displayed. If you're getting too happy, you're getting really, really excited. So your arousal level has gone up to here. And if you didn't let your arousal level go up to here, then you're not in control of that. You need to be in control of everything. Because if you're not in control of something and that happens to you, then how are you going to respond correctly? That's that's not easy to do. And maybe you can't take full accountability for it because you know you said, oh, okay, I was X, I was feeling X. Therefore, you're putting it onto an external thing. But you need to take 100% accountability. You need to control everything. You're acting out of impulse, not reason. You're out of control. You've lost all sense of what you're supposed to be doing. Instead of feeling cool and prepared, you've lost all sense of focus. And without focus, you fail. The only exception to the emotion rule is anger. Controlled anger is a deadly weapon in the right hands. I'm not talking about raging volcano that can be managed from inside or outside, but anger you can restrain and turn into energy. All cleaners have that slow burning blue hot internal anger and it works as they can control and maintain it. But it never becomes blind rage. It's never allowed to become destructive. When you channel anger the right way, you get Michael shaking his head in a Vancouver and annihilating the gate. He didn't slug anyone. He stayed, he stayed steady and unemotional and turned his, his quiet anger into results. It's a fine line. Emotions destroy your performance. They make you think about how you feel. And you're not supposed to think. Wow. Yeah. Emotions are making you sick. You're not meant to sick. You're not meant to sick. The difference between cleaners and everyone else is their ability to control these feelings. Instead of allowing these feelings to control them. So that's interesting, right? If we think about coolers, closers, cleaners. Cleaners are able to control these feelings. No one else can. That is a very, very clear and instinct way to tell who's a cleaner or not. They can control their feelings. If that's what makes a cleaner, and that's not the only thing that makes a cleaner, but if that is what can help make a cleaner, then it's not so big of a thing if you're able to train yourself to control your feelings and emotions. That's not too difficult to do. It's just that most people don't even have that awareness of that's how you need to do it. I've written down, how can I control my feelings? Then, in a more recent time, I've written the chimp model. So the chip paradox, which is what I talked about with Dan Abram. 
And then what Dan Abraham said about ants, analogy that he gave. Control. Awareness. Energy instead of emotion. Big difference. They have to deal with me. I want you in a routine. I don't want that routine to vary, whether it's meaningless preseason exhibition or the championship game of the finals. Everything stays the same. I've done everything to get myself to this point. I'm ready. Then enjoy the evening with the family or friends or whoever you enjoy being with. Doing whatever you enjoy doing. I want to be surrounded by supportive people who know what you need to know. And they need to know that you can't give a lot back. That's really big. So there's two things there. So the, the routine part is whether it's a preseason friendly, whether it's the Champions League final, going into the game, you should be the exact same. It should be the exact same because if you don't give the same detail to a preseason friendly, then you have no reason to give the same detail and attention to the Champions League final and vice versa. So if you expect it to be easy, then you can expect the Champions League final to be easy or, or the the dis disruption between the two isn't going to help you, right? You're leaving too much unturned. Okay, you need to also realize that the only thing that changes is the, the, the phrasing around it. If it's Champions League final, you're immediately heightened because your, your emotion is heightened because you gave no emotion to the preseason friendly, but now you're giving all of the emotion to the Champions League final. How are you going to control that? Because you know that there's a, that automatically you know that there's a difference between the two, but there actually isn't. At the end of the day, it's just kicking a ball on a pitch. And you know what? Whoever scores the most goals wins. That's the same, exact same game plan as that preseason friendly. That quote unquote doesn't matter. So if you're going into the Champions League final with all this emotion because it's the biggest game of your life, then you're less likely to succeed. Now I have a theory actually about performance at the highest level. And what that theory is, it's actually that at the highest level. Maybe we don't see the full people in that moment. Maybe they are going out with 98%. Maybe they're going out with 97 Because maybe they're putting such a high level of arousal onto that scene that they're not actually able to show their true selves. And maybe in the games where we see such high-scoring games, it's because both teams aren't actually fully there. Maybe it's not a true representation of how they're feeling, how they're going to play. Therefore, are we really seeing the best of them? I don't know. You don't know. Do they know? Maybe they don't. Maybe it's subconscious. But I don't know if we're seeing the best of everyone at the highest level. And you know what? Sometimes maybe we are seeing the best of everyone at the highest level. Sometimes we're seeing the best of some individuals and the worst of some individuals. I don't know. But I think that when you're looking at the highest level, and the biggest, most pressuring events, the people who really, really thrive are the people who are getting the most out of it. They're the people who also get the most out of the preseason games. They're the people who are consistent. But I think the people who are struggling, and maybe when both teams are struggling, that's when we see the ridiculously high scoring gags. Because I don't think that they're 100% there. Which is an interesting take. Could be wrong, could be right. But I think that it makes sense what I'm saying. Next kind of pages so we're on to page 66 of the last page now you know what you can handle whatever happens next anything that starts too hot can only get cold 
Start cool and stay cool. Keep it cool. Make it last longer. Trusting those instincts. Controlling your emotions enables you to keep going with excellence. Trust your ability. Trust your preparation. Trust your hard work. Yeah, the other thing I'd like you to mention that is in the previous page when Tim says you need the right people around you, knowing that I think the people around you that you should have, they need to know that you can't give a whole lot back, a whole lot back to them. So those people, you have to be very selective. Now, I think that family are probably the most forgiving in this. So you can kind of use that to your advantage. Maybe you don't want to be always with your family uh, pairing for a big event. I, I don't mind that. That's okay with me. But I need to know that my family know that I can't give a lot back to them. So it's not an easy thing to do. And you're going to have to find people who are okay with that. Now, that's why I think family are the best because they're the most forgiving because, you know, they've got nothing to gain from you. They will just love you unconditionally or they, or they should love you unconditionally. Therefore, family is a always always a good one to have around you because that should stay consistent no matter what. They will understand that you can't give a whole lot back to them. And that's very important. You need people who will understand that you can't give a whole lot back to them because really you can't. You can take bits from them, but you can't give a whole lot back to them. So with that said, that's actually the, the end of this episode. And... Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot there, as always. Uh, we know that the zone is not an easy place to get to. Takes a while, but through this, you probably heard a few techniques that have worked for me. What haven't worked for me? Also, the importance of doing it with 100% conviction to find out what works for you and what doesn't work for you. That's important. Experimenting, finding out what works, what doesn't. Not catastrophize oh see that's the German word catastrophizing uh honestly i'm not good with that one but heightening the level and the perceived level it's not war it's just a few three free throws it's not the end of the world it's just a penalty you know if you have these heightened levels then your emotion that's when you can be destroyed you're not in control you need to control your emotions so i'm gonna leave you guys with that Start acting on what I've said. Start being aware of where you're using emotion. Don't be emotionless, but start to use emotion less. That's a good that's a good task for you guys today. Alright? Start to be aware. Be in control. You need to be in control. Anyway. We'll see you in the next episode. I might be in Germany by then, actually. I might be in Germany. So this will look a little bit different, but we'll see. And yeah, thank you guys for listening. And we'll catch you in the next episode.